Let's, I'm it's just Menachem, do it's, Menachem, it's my friend Menachem, but he, he has his, uh, like, my name is Eddie. It's okay. fine, it's fine. Yeah. We, know, we, know, we know now who Fred is. Let's say that. All right. So I listened to the recording um, uh, of last year, and when Mickey asked his question, why I answered it was completely, like, I kept on missing terms, terminology, and it made no sense what I was saying. So thank you, Rebbe Stroll, for... Uh, for stepping in on the WhatsApp group, but just for your benefit, because we're going to kind of need this this year. Rabbi Chanina was talking about three different, two different, three different zmanim. Ailata shacha, alota shacha, netzachama. Seir pnei Mizrach was alota shacha. So the time between ayelata shacha, alota shacha was dalad mil, and the time between alota shacha, netzachama was also dalad mil. And then what did we have? Rabbi Yehuda says is that he was only talking about alota shacha, netzachama, and according to his calculations, it was also dalad mil. Okay. And then, but his whole point was the time it takes to, for a person to walk during the entire day would be 10 times that, so 40 mil. And then he also understood is that the time it takes for the sun, to, well, this is important for today's stuff, to transition through the rakia would be 50, 50 years. And therefore, the time it takes to transition, the distance, I should say, to, to transition across the entire world was 500 years journey. And that's how we made all the connections between Eitzachayim also being that width in last year. Okay, so let's continue with today's daf. We'll start from the top of daf eight. But, but now you have now you have sorry 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 you have this now from from in the in the first graphic you have it from left to right. Is that correct? What I'm saying? Yeah 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 yeah. I'm doing it arrows rightwards. I'm just born astray. Oh, oh I like the arrow. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I didn't see the arrow. Yeah, yeah. Like the arrow. I'm got, sorry. It, got it, got it, got it. Even though, yeah. if I, even though I'm writing in Hebrew, I'm showing time traveling to the right direction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't <laughs> yeah, help okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Let's continue. So, Tamsit Kush Mitzrayim Shota. So, if you remember before we talked about the Tamsit, that was a remnant side of the Kli. The idea was, is that there was a relationship of 1 to 60 between Gan and Eden. Um, so, here we're saying that it's the same type of relationship between Kush and Mitzrayim. Now, I was at a loss why the Bavli is even bringing this up now. What Kesha does it have? And if, if you look in the, in, in the Bavli, it actually, they all fits together very nicely because there's a brace that talks about Mitzrayim relationship to, was Arba Mot Parasa, Arba Parasa. We'll discuss that in a minute. Or Mitzrayim is 150th of Kush. Kush is 150, 160th, sorry, of the world. The world is 160th of Gan and relates to what we were learning, but Gan 160 of Eden and Eden's 160 of Gehenna, et cetera, et cetera. So we were just talking about Gan and Eden and the like. So it kind of makes sense now that he's also mentioning the Gemara's bringing up Mitzrayim and Kush. Otherwise, I couldn't work out why the Rosham was bringing this up now. In any event, it says Mitzrayim, the journey in Mitzrayim is 40 days to get through across Trant for a human to walk across Mitzrayim. Why is that? We know Mitzrayim is 40 parsa. A person can walk Arba'im mil. We just said that. Arba'im mil during the course of a day. A mil is, um, there are four mil in a parsa. Okay? So if you take, in other words, you can walk 10 parsa in a day. So if you divide 400 parsa by 10, you get to 40 day, day journey. Okay? That's how you get to 40 day journey. That means what? Kush will be 60 times that. So that brings us to about 2,400 days. And if you use a solar calendar, that brings you to about 6.58 years. So about six and a half years, which is interesting because that means Kush is a journey. If you look back in your Shalmi, Mahalach Sheva Shanim Vaod. 
which is a bit more than seven years, which is not, but more than six years, which makes sense why the Haredim has a different gear. So he says, Malach Sheshan in the odd, a bit more uh-huh. than six years. And that makes sense with the, with the math I just showed you. Okay. What's that mean? He says the distance between the earth and the Rakia, Shamaim and Aretz, is 500 years. Now, what we're going to see here is the, the, the this shita is the, the Chachamim Acholek on Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, what's the distance between, uh, through the Rakia, we're not talking about through the Rakia yet, but through the Rakia is only 50 years. We will see here the Rabbanan say it's actually 500 years distance. Okay, so it says, So once again, how do we even get to that? How do we get to the point that suddenly it's 500 years? It says, uh, because it says, If you have a look at the Pasuk, the Pasuk in full is, In other words, there's association and the distance between so if you go here and calculate the years of the Avot, Abraham lived 175 years, Yitzhak lived 180 years, and Yaakov lived 147 years, subtotal is 502 years. We didn't get to 500, we got a bit more than that. But if you look at Reb Chaim, Reb Chaim at the bottom says, the first two years of Abraham's life, we don't count them. Why? Because only when he was three, he recognized the creator. Yeah. So therefore, you can subtract two, you get to 500, everything works out very, very nice. Wow. Okay? Amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So there, is 500 years. Also, between the various rakim, there are different levels of uh, rakim, there are multiple rakim going up, is also 500 years. And therefore, the obvio, the thickness of the rakia should also be 500 years. So, what made you, what did you see to say this? So it says, oh, in other words, why? Um, it says, what makes you say the obvio shiraki is malach hamesh mochina is 500, the thickness is 500 years journey. It says, amrabun, because it says, yehi rakia betochamayim. The rakia was placed betoch, in between the maim, taftonim and elyonim. And it says, Yerakiah has to be betavech. There's a tavech. Betavech means it's all centered. It's like in the middle of the two. And the way the, the Mephara should explain, in order that it's balanced, a bit like the Ashmorot. If you were to say there were three during the night, that, that therefore the Rakiah thickness, in order to be mamash betavech, balanced, has to be the same thickness as the distance between Shemayim Aretz and between the, the two next to Rakiah. Okay? So Rabbi Mar Lachim Ayu Shemayim Biyom Rishon. Initially, in Yom Rishon, the first day of celebration, where everything was created, they were very moist. Ubeshenim Karshu on the second day with the, with Sirkus Rakia Ben Mavdil Ben Mayim Lamayim. That was that they congealed. Yeah. Rabbi Mar, because Rav says Yehi Rakia, when a Karsh Baruch said Yehi Rakia, he meant the understanding is Yechazek Harakia. It should become strong. Yekaresh it congeals Harakia. Yegaled Harakia. In other words, it, it became like cr- crusted over like with ice. And also stretched out. So It was almost like a yuriya. It was like a, like a, a curtain or a fabric that was stretched out. As we see, as it says in the Pasuk, When you get metal, gold, and you hammer it out, the point of doing that is to stretch it out. 
So mm-hmm. you see the Lashon of Rakia and Yiraku, there's association there that it's a language not of just sky, but a language of stretching out. Okay. So Tani Bishem Reb Yoshua, he says he disagrees everything we've been saying. He says, Ov Yoshua Rakia, the thickness of the Rakia is Kishtei Etzbaayim. So two Etzbao. Okay. Shtei is not Shtei is not four. I wasn't sure. Is, I'm not what? sure. Shtei is two and Etzbaayim is two. Yeah, but in Hebrew, how would you say it? Shtei Etzbaot, no? Look, you... I'm happy to be corrected. I wasn't sure either if it's judged by much like if it's if, if it's two or four, but I understood it being two. Okay. If you have an article on the front of you, I'm happy to be correct. Um, fine. Let's continue. Milzder Rebchenina, what Rebchenina seems to palig, it seems to disagree. In other words, he disagrees it's that thick, it's going to be even thinner. Why is this? Meaning stretched. With him over the shachim in the heavens, chazakim that are strong, kiri mutzak, like a mirror that is of made of cast metal. So what's tarkia? Melamed shehem asuim ketas. They're made like a piece of beaten out metal, which is less than the thickness of even two or four etzbol, whichever way you want to explain it. Is a possible briim? Is it possible that it's not considered strong given that they're so thin? No, Tamaloma, the Pasuk itself says Chazakim, they are very strong. nit rapim. Is it possible that they will fatigue over time like metal does? The more you bend it after a while, it ends up becoming um, it gets weak. Tamaloma mutzak, meaning it's like this cast metal, the every moment nearing mutzakim. They're like freshly cast metal, they're very strong. Okay. So Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, Rabbi Yochanan, uh, Rabbi Yochanan says, you see in general, Adam if someone stretches out a tent, after a man of time, Rafa, it comes loose. If you know, if you spread shade cloth over, a, uh, over your sukkah area, everyone's well of that. In the beginning, it seems very tight and strong, but after a while, it sort of it gets a bit floppy. However, Baram Hacha, despite the fact it's first to the Shemaim, it describes the Shemaim as being stretched out like an Ohel, like a tent. Nonetheless, we have the Apas we cited earlier, which is the Ketab Chazakim, that's still strong. So in other words, we have this stretching, however you want to understand it, but the Rakia seems to be stretching, but it's as strong as it was in the beginning, This, as we'll get to in the next sources, and uh, next uh, continuation. So Shimon ben Lakish Omer, but Amar, he says, because it was Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shimon Lakish, Rabbi Yochanan made the first time, and then Rabbi Shimon Lakish saying the second. So, and so a person will treat their vessels so they don't rust. However, nonetheless, after time, nonetheless, what do you do with the metal kalim? If you treat them with special uh, oil or, fat or substance, they still end up rusting. So, Ramahacha, however, here, when it comes to the Rekia, Kiri, Mutzak. It's still like like it was in the beginning, like clean, like a mirror of cast metal. In other words, shah the shah. Every moment nearim kesha itzikatam. They look at like look. They have the appearance of how they were when they were first cast. So Rabbi Zaria Amar al Hada Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. He comments on Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish. Says as follows: in other words, we've got a listing of time and passing of time in the psuki. Ma'aktiv battery, what does it say immediately after that ma'asibureshi? It says, elder toldot hashamayim ba'aretz. It talks about the toldot hashamayim. So it says, why does it, why, why immediately after the psuki, the talk about passage of time, does it talk about shamayim? The chimayim ze'el tzel ze'. 
Entonces, yo nichnas, yo miatsa. Shabbat nichnas, Shabbat yotze. Chodesh nichnas, Chodesh yotze. Shana nichnas, Mechzed, Shana yotze. In other words, we have a passage of time. Day, weeks, months, years pass by. Nonetheless, v'chitiv elo tolot ha-shamayim ba-aretz, v'hibaram. V'yom asot ha-shem lo-kim eretz v'shamayim. In other words, Despite the passage of time, Shemaim and Aretz still appear exactly as they were at Masaberation, which seems just, he's, he's bringing that to what Rish Lakish says, there's no rust, there's no wear, there's no tear, there's nothing. It's still Chazakim to Okay, let's now continue. Adsaf Arashmoroshona. So Rebbe Omer says, actually, there were four Ashmorot. You might be familiar with this machlok, we'll see differences, and uh, I'll leave that comparison to Balbi for your own time. But let's continue. Rebbe says, actually, four Ashmorot in life. First is four in the day and four in the night. So then he's, Pada Bright explains other terminology. We also have what's called an Oina. An Ona, don't get confused with Hilchonida, but an Ona is a Chan Mesrin Ba'arba Hasha'a, is 124th of an hour, which is two and a half seconds. Ha'et, the time period of an Et, is a Chan Mesrin Ba'arba Ona, is 124th of an Oina. And a Rega, how long is a Rega? 124th of an Et. So if you have a look, I did the maths here, it's about one over 1,000, sorry, 12,824 of an hour, that fraction of an hour, very small amount of time. Then the Gemara continues, Kamehi Rega, so Rebrachia B'Shem Rabbi Chabal says, Kedei Omer, the time it takes to say it. You've got Rabban and Amrim, Rega Ker, it's like the blink of an eye, which is less than Ka'omro. And Tani Shmuel says, Rega Echad, according to the gifts we have here, is Chad Mechameshit Ribor V'Sheshet Alafim, that's one over 56,000 and 848, which is even shorter than the Shur of Rebbe. So when we, unfortunately, it's misused in the modern Hebrew. When someone says, someone says, ten li rega, they're not actually adding very much because by the time they've said it, according to they've expended the time that they wanted you to give. Let's continue. Rabbi Natan Omer, Rabbi Natan says, shalosh. He says there are three Ashmarot in the light. Okay, so Machlok, is there four Ashmarot or are there three Ashmarot? So, you still, you're still with me? Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, sorry, we just had a, a little power cut and just making sure you're still there. Okay. Shalosh Ashmarot, there are three Ashmarot, uh, um, there, are three, there are three in the nighttime. So, uh, so what's Rosh Ashmarot Tichona? So, in the beginning of the Ashmurat Tichona, what's that referring to? That's the Pasuk. In other words, how do I know there are three Ashmurat in the night? Because in the Melchama of Gidon against Midian, he came to the battle, Rosh Ashmurat HaTichona, the beginning of the middle Ashmurat. Now, you can only have a middle of anything as long as there's an uneven number, like there's an odd number. Okay? Let's continue. Reb Zika Rav Ami B'Shem Reb Shimon Ben Lakish says, Taime the Rebbe, um, we know there are psukim by David Amelech that he said, I got up at midnight to give your praises. Okay. The Ketiv and also says, Kidmor lai Ashmorot. And my uh, and I preceded, I, my eyes preceded the day by two Ashmorot. So if he got up at midnight and he preceded it by two Ashmorot, that must mean that it ha- it's got must be four. So that's how you see the Machlok of Rabbi Natan and Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi, sorry. So again, Rabbi Natan says three, Rabbi says four. So Rabbi Chizkiah, Amar Abzirika, 
and Amr al and Reb Ra, the two of them, Chadamar Tamad Rebi, the Harina, and the other said Tamad Rebi Natan. Mandama Tamad Rebi said, because the Pasuk Chatzot Alayla, the Pasuk we brought about Chatzot Alayla, they got up early. Mandama Tamad Rebi Natan, because Rosh Ashmurat, Tichonah, the Pasuk we saw by Gidon. So now the question is, how do each shit explain each other? Umama kayem Rebi Natan. Taimed Rebi Chatzot Alayla. How does he deal with this Pasuk that seems to suggest that David Melech got up at midnight? And Kidmon Ashmurat. So we say, Pa'amim Chatzot Alayla, Pa'amim Kidmon Ashmurat. He says, no. It doesn't mean David Melech consistently got up at midnight. Sometimes he got up at midnight, and sometimes he got up to Ashmurat in Alayla. It's a very interesting answer. Ha Ke'ezet Sad, or in Babli, we're familiar with the term Ha. Ketzad, how so? So since Bashashah David Tzu'ed Su'udat Malachim, if he was having a Su'udat Malachim, entertaining Sarim and the like, he would have been up later in the night. So therefore, Chatzat Alayla, he would get up later and his wake-up time would be midnight. Bashashah said Su'udat Tzmoy, if he ate on his own privately, then Kidmu Ash Borot, they'd be able to get up a third of the, into the night at an earlier night. So, Mikomakom, Lo Havishach Atu Mishkaf David Amech. But nonetheless, you would never find a time where the sunrise and David Melech would still be sleeping. Why? Should David, uh, who should David Amar, that's what David, David Melech said, meaning, he says, awaken my kavod, awaken the navel and kinur harp and laya, aira shachar, I will wake up, I will awaken the shachar. What's this mean? It ayr yikri min komei ayikre divri, meaning I will awaken my kavod before the kavod of my debris is my creator, meaning before Kadosh Baruch Hu. Ayikri lo chashiv klum, my kavod is considered nothing, min kadam ayikri debris, that my kavod is considered nothing before the kavod of my creator. So that's what it means. Compa- by compared to, compared to, compared to the kavod of my creator? or Meaning compared to the kavod of my creator, meaning compared to Kadosh Baruch Hu. Yeah. What, what does it mean, Aira shachar? Ani habit ma'orer shachra, I will wake up the morning, Shachra lo habim oral ali wouldn't wake up me. However, Hayitzro me captured me. He had a fight with the Yitzer. Yitzer was trying to stop him. But Omer lo David da kanchem lachi lo tashachar me oral. Let's wave kings to sleep in. The at Omer ir shachar and you said you're going to wake up the shachar. Dar kanchem lachi lo tishemi much lo shalot. Most kings they sleep in three hours into the day. The at Omer chotzat alayil you're going to wake up midnight. Azara akum. Who Omer al mishpatei kecha. Meaning, I'm going to wake up for Mishpatei Kecha. Meaning, before it says Bishvil Mishpatei Kecha Husha Akrum. I'm waking up for Mishpatim for Kadosh Baruch Hu, meaning to learn Torah. Don't compare me to other kings in the world. It's a different story altogether. This Omaya David Ose. What would he do? This is an interesting uh, explanation as we continue. It says Rabbi Pinchas B'Shem Rabbi Lazar Bar Menachem Hayonotel Nevel V'Chinor V'Notor Mirashotav. He would take this nevel and kinor, the harp and lyre, and, and, and place it by his head. And he'd get up at midnight. And what did he do? And he would play them. In order that the other chaverei Torah, other learners, would hear him. What would they say? They would say, Meaning, if David Amelach, the king, is Osek Betorah, the king with such responsibilities and the like, and is so busy, if he's waking up at midnight to learn, ask how much more so, which is interesting, that he used it to influence other people into learning, okay, to follow his lead. He led by example. 
wasn't just a sitkot thing that he hid away in there. So I'm Rebbe you know, it was Kinor, this is a more familiar one, this is the one more, the answer we're more familiar with. It says, Kinor hayat haloi keneged chalonotav, he had a Kinor, a harp or a lyre by his window. Shel David vaya ruach tzfonit menasheva balayla, around midnight there was a ruach tzfonit that would, would blow, umenat nefet bo, and would and would vibrate the, the I guess it gets a harmonic frequency or something, and vibrate the strings, and it would make it make a noise. Vaya menagem alav and would play on its own. As it says in the Pasuk, and meaning it's the Pasuk says, as the means as, it, it, as, he, as he would play, not with the instrument, but it sounds like the instrument seems to play itself. The Kino played on its own. Now, the problem with this Pasuk, the Haredim picks up, is it's like this Pasuk is not talking about David Amelech. This pasuk is talking about Alicia. Yeah, right. Correct. So, so how does this work? So he says, you can see if you have the Haredim with you, I'm not sure if you do. It says David. He suggests that maybe, maybe Alicia had that. Well, this example also had a, had a kinor like that. Yeah. yeah, that's one answer. Another answer is is that no, that maybe it was that it was a it was a it was a, it was a kriyatera that uses the doirish. But I think the first answer is very interesting. That seemed to be that, that this wasn't a once in history type of uh, men again. Uh, but Alicia seemed to follow the same leaders of Enamelech, at least according to his first answer. It seems like, I mean, from what we know, Naveen may have also used music extensively as part of their uh, meditations and things. Sure, sure. That, that's, that's definitely the shot of the Pasuk. Because right. the, the, the Pasuk itself, I'll just bring the whole Pasuk inside. It says, <laughs> That when he got him into the right mood and he was uh, relaxed or happy in, in that mood, that's when he got the nevuah. So that that's that's the that's definitely the pshat of the pasuk. It's it's the terminology that like came again, hamen again. It seemed to imply that it was playing on its own. Okay, that that's 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 much much. Okay, so I'm very believing. Sorry, I've just uh, I just skipped the Mamakaim Rebbe, time of the Rebbe Nata. What does Rebbe do with the Pasuk Rebbe Natan? We explain Rebbe Natan did, but the simple answer Rebbe Natan says, well, he didn't always get up at midnight, sometimes he got up a bit earlier. That's how Rebbe Natan got rid of Rebbe's Psukim. But what does Rebbe do with Rebbe Natan's Pasuk, which says, Rosh Ashmorah Tetichonah, that seems to suggest there's a middle Ashmorah. So Amrav Huna Sofa Shoshniya Barosh Shoshlishit. He says, the middle doesn't mean the middle one, it means the middle two. So let's, I've got four, I take the middle two, and any, what does it mean, Rosh? Anything, this is the way the Haredim explains is that anything you have is limited by dimensions, either end of it is called a rosh, as we'd say, an end in English, the, the both ends. He says in Hebrew, you say both heads, okay? So if you've got two middle sections, what's the shared rosh? That'll be the point where they two, the two meet together. Meet. Yeah. Okay? So in other words, rosh ashmura rishonah means we have to take the two middle, it's the peak if you want, that's effectively midnight. That's a way of getting around it, that Rosh Hashanah still means midnight, because it's the middle of the, 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 the point where the two middle ones meet. Okay? The Gemara doesn't like that. Rosh Hashanah. So, Amrav Huna, Sofa Shishniya, Rosh Hashanah, Hena Mitvachot et Halayla. They're the ones that middle join together. So, Amrav Mana, Viyut, is that really true? It doesn't say middle ones. It says, It says, It says, 
single. So how can you say it's referring to the two middle ones? So he says, Ella, if you like Ella, we can add with Ella, Kadmita Lomit Khashva, the Adkadun Briata Irin. Meaning, if there are four Ashmurah in the nighttime, he says, there's nothing to talk about the first Ashmura because everyone's awake till 10 o'clock, uh, to, till in the first three, you know, if you look at Shittat Rebbe, first three hours of the night, everyone's awake till nine o'clock. The only ones worth even talking about is the final three. So when he says, I got up in the middle of the Ashmura Tichona, it really means if I take away the first one, it's a middle, and I'm looking, only looking at the last three, it's the beginning of the this one here, which is the third, really, which is midnight. That's another way, Rebbe, that's the way the Gemara concludes, is Rebbe's way of getting away from Rosh Ashmurat Tichona as not being a problem for our sugya. Okay? Fine. Now, this brings us to our, how we started our daf Yomi together. Rabbi Yosef B'Shem Rabbi Yochanan. He says, Halachas K'chachamim, like K'chachamim. Rabbi Yosef Mavked L'chavraya. He said to the, the, the people that were learning, if you want to learn, um, make sure you read Shema and then you continue learning. Why? Because if you learn and then do Shema and you go past midnight, again, the way the Yisham explains, it's even more clear in tomorrow's stuff, you won't be, you'll miss out the opportunity to fulfill the mitzvah of Kriyat Shema. So Milta Amra, that must mean, we learn from here, Milta Amra is like Shema Mina, I think. That Milta Amri will learn from me a shalach at Chachamim. The halacha seems to be like Shita Chachamim. And Milta Amra Shomer Dvarim Acham Met Vyatsiv. Now, for this, I'm going to read Reb Chaim inside because it's hard, hard to understand this. Met Vyatsiv, we're familiar with Met Vyatsiv as being something you say in the morning. Okay? So here we're talking about nighttime. So I'm going to read Reb Chaim inside. Hach Suya Kirival Shemabavli. He desvirally tfilot beemsa tiknum. Because in the t- there's a machlok in it where how they did it. Shema and Shmonasre. In the morning we do Shema then Shmonasre. The question was at night time, do you also do Shema Shmonasre or do Shmonasre then Shema? So this sugya seems to be according to that chitta when Shmonasre then Shema. Okay. Um, and, okay. So And there's a shita that says you should say Shema with the brachas before you go to bed. Yeah. And it shouldn't be a hefsek between that nighttime Shema and when you go to sleep. And it must be, you should see here, the fact that he said, okay, say Shema and then keep learning, that there's no problem in, in having a hefsek, if you like, between the Shema that you've just said, the nighttime and Shema, to sleep. and going to sleep. Exactly. And the fact that he said Amit Vatsiv, it seemed to be they were knowing to say Amit Vatsiv at nighttime as well. Okay, those are two Shmaminas, if you like. So Tanya, correct Shma Bekneset, different break. Uh correct Shmaba Bekneset Bashaka Yatsa, Yadechavata. If someone says Shma and Bekneset at nighttime, he's Yatsa. The Erev, if he says them at nighttime in Shul, Loyatsa Yachedavato. And this fits in with everything we've been saying till now. Pardon me for the loud noise, but um that at night time that they would say Mariv early, and if it said Shema in Shul, you wouldn't be Yotze. And we said that they said Shema in Shul simply to be go from Dibrei Torah to Shema Asra, a bit like Ashrei to to uh, Shema Asra. So the Gemara says, "Man ben korek shachrit, or ma ben korek kriat arav, What's what's the difference? He um, he says, "Rav Huna b'Shem Rav Yosi, 
So to explain this, you have to, I'm going to show you the name Moshe here. He says, when it says, there's mana. He says, I don't understand. If you're davening early, you're not going to be yotze in Mariv. Why won't they simply metaken to do to daven a bit later and be yotze kriachma in normal tamazma as man Mariv? And not everyone needs to say shma again. So why do you do it like that? So the answer is meaning they wanted you to, they dafka wanted people to say shma mamash close to bedtime, meaning the night night shma, the shma of the writer. Close to bedtime, that was Kadei Lavrech, the Mazikim, to assure away the, uh, to protect you from the, any, any damaging uh, creatures. Okay? Um, yep. Fine. So, Milta Amra, so according to this, Kedush Mamina, uh, I'll just show you one more thing. Milta Amra, Shmamina, She'ein Omer Dvarim Achar Vevetziv. So you can see, according to this Shita, because the Dafka pushed it off to be Mamash next to bedtime, that you shouldn't say anything after, let's say, Amit Be'atziv, after the nighttime Shma. So there's no hefsek between that and sleeping. And we're going to continue with that idea in tomorrow's stuff. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good day.